Hello, welcome to the Mostly Yoga Podcast. My name is Aaron, if you don't already know, and this is my show. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. If you're a first-time listener of the podcast, welcome. Hello, this is a new experience for you, I'm sure. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for clicking on whatever that you clicked on that made you listen to this. And if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, welcome back. As always, it's nice to to create these things for people to listen to and to share my conversations with these people with you from podcast land. Um, if you like what you hear and if you want to support this show, you can go to coffee.com slash mostly yoga to show your support. ko-fi.com slash mostly yoga. Uh, if you don't, if you decide to donate, thank you very much. If you don't, that's fine as well, because it's all free to listen to episode one till the episode end of it. It's all free. Um, happy to make it because I oh construction. What's new in Singapore? Bang bang. Um, happy to create these things as always. Happy to share and uh, give me a give me a good positive review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. That'll really help me out. Okay. This episode is brought to you by BC Flow State. Rediscover the way you move, feel, and perform through the use of natural and authentic movements that can help you build strength, regain your mobility, and reconnect yourself to your physical practice. For more content on mobility, movement, and feats of strength, you can go to uh, Bronson's Instagram at BC flows, BC underscore flow state. Uh, just to check him out and, and see if he has any other upcoming uh, animal flow workshops or mobility classes going on. Mm. Next up, something green, something spicy, something local. It's Red Dot Chili Peppers, a Singapore-based chili-making person, which is my friend, it's Steph, who makes her own unique homemade cilantro chili secret recipe by her dad who's a chef mm, so yeah that's the lineage um, so if you can't go a meal without something spicy to add some flavor into your dish then order yourself a bottle or two or three at her IG or Facebook page at red dot chili peppers all the links will be in the description below so my guest today is Wendy she's the founder and director of yoga seeds She's a yoga teacher, a teacher trainer, and also the one behind Yoga Circle, which is a non-profit organization based in Singapore and dedicated to promote inclusivity in yoga, which is something that we'll dive quite a bit into later on as you listen to it. Um, we recorded this episode uh, at a at a at a the place that we recorded it at. There was a gym downstairs, so I think in the first half an hour, you might hear some thumping noises, like a boom, boom, boom sound. That's just the people dropping the weights while they are working out, so um, just take note of that if you if you hear it. Um, I, I really enjoyed today's, uh, I really enjoyed the episode, not today, it was recorded a couple of months ago. It took me a while to, to, to get it out, I think I recorded it in... December before the new year it was like a, it was last year's project and then it's February now almost end of February 
and you know Christmas, New Year, Chinese New Year, all the events, all the holidays came up. Then didn't have time, got lazy, and then I, I didn't already know I tore my ACL. So that's that's something else to to deal with. But then I finally, I'm here, so I'm recording the intro and outro of this now. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, I enjoyed talking with her. Um, she's very wise. She's very, she's very friendly to talk to. It's really nice to, to hear her story, and it's nice to hear that she is someone who is who has um, dedicated like a, a good part of her life to helping others and creating all these platforms and these uh, organizations and like pay what you wish and all these little events to help out people who are less fortunate as well as to help out the yogis in Singapore's yoga community. So I'm very honored to have her on. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll just leave you to it to hear for yourself. Without further ado, here is Wendy. Enjoy. Okay, it's recording. Uh-huh. Hello, Wendy. Thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always open up my podcast by thanking the guests for inviting me to their place. and um, But especially so today because... We're in a very special place where I have this um, a, a guitar showroom slash music studio place that's very nice to record. So here we are. Thank you for inviting me here. Oh, most welcome. A um, couple of reasons why I'm excited to to uh, talk to you today. Number one, because you're a very experienced yoga teacher. You've been teaching for a long time. You've been conducting a lot of workshops and teacher trainings for for very long and also because you are quite involved in all these fundraising um, volunteering events related to yoga as well and I don't think that a lot of I mean people still do do it but it seems like you have established something uh, quite well we'll get into that later so these are the two (laughs) things I want to talk to you about But before we dive into that, let's, um, for the listeners as well, who don't know who you are, who is, who is Wendy? Origin stories. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for having me on this podcast. It's a horrible, it's an awkward <laughs> intro, but yes, continue. It's okay. It was, it was awesome. Natural. So, um, so to the listeners out there, I'm Wendy. And if you don't know me yet, um, I am currently running a yoga business called Yoga Seeds. We're in Bishan Park. The La Panyang. <laughs> eh, yeah, more like everything also I do. Uh. <laughs> so I've been teaching for uh, the past 11, 12 years or so. Yeah. Uh, but the studio is uh, fairly new, uh, about two or three years. Um, but apart from running my business, so in a way I'm a business owner, but I am mainly a trainer, teacher. And I'm also very passionate about yoga as a service because yoga should be something that we uh, give back to Mm. through to and through so uh, that's why you were mentioning that you know this volunteering fundraisers I don't know right from the start I've been quite passionate about it so for uh, maybe some of you uh, if you have seen yoga gives back fundraisers or you've heard of yoga circle or just random fundraisers in in Singapore uh, you may have seen me Mm. Uh, so I could be a familiar face or a familiar name there yeah I'm I'm sure (laughs) how did you get into yoga 
Ah, so before yoga, I was more into uh, meditation. Okay, so of course, um, usually people turn to such mm. um, practices at the right time, or maybe even the not so right time, the wrong divine, time, divine, <laughs> time. divine yeah. timing. Yeah, so I was going through a rough patch in life, and then friends were constantly telling me about meditation, you know. At first, I was a bit like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what they always say, meditate and then you'll be good. You don't know my troubles in life, you know. I was a little bit depressive and I was quite resistant to all these things like meditation or, you know, uh, even yoga. Your friends meditated as well. Uh? I have friends uh, and quite a few uh, in, in the Buddhist tradition. Mm, so they were very into like... Uh, uh, Buddhist, Zen Mantra. Buddhist mantras, and uh, they have Dharma talks, yeah. and so I don't know why. Mm. Maybe I, my my background, my family is Buddhist, right? So uh, there is that. I guess uh. there's a connection, but at the same time, there's a resistance because mm. I'm not a religious person. I saw it as religion. I don't believe in one God or mm. you know one Creator or one view of the world. Um, so when uh, the invite came in the Buddhist style of, you know, Dharma talks and all that, I found it a bit old-fashioned, like something mm. my mom or dad will ask me to, so I was resistant. But things happened interestingly while I was uh, traveling on a random trip <laughs> to we Korea. We talked a little bit <laughs> about this, about but this. now we're going to get to uh, details. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing this as well. Yeah, so this is all much bef- way before uh, doing yoga, you know. So I was just traveling, trying to uh, find something uh, to to make myself feel better. So I was getting out of Singapore and then a girlfriend of mine, her name is April. Uh, she's not a yogi or anything, but she is the one who mm. brought me on this path. Thanks, April. <laughs> she is a, I would say, a K-pop fan in a way. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we are best friends since we were 13. And then she went on this holiday. It was a five-day holiday. I I, test, I just tagged along. She went for some concert and boy band. I think Shinwa, like an old school one. Mm. Yeah. And I was just there and I uh, was randomly going around looking at Seoul and looking at little temple stays and cultural stuff. And I found a temple stay program where the temple was a bit... Uh, out of Seoul, out of the city. Um, And I wanted to go check it out. You know, just go take a walk in the pine forest. Imagine that, right? Uh, So you didn't didn't go for the concert? No. You just tagged along. She went to the concert and you wandered around. Yes, and I was alone. My first trip to Seoul... First solo trip. uh, Not solo, solo but unplanned. Nothing. I had no program. So I just went with her. Uh, which was why things happen without you planning, right? I think the best things happen without a plan. So day by day, she goes for her activity. She had her own friends, but then we were uh, sharing a, a room. I was glad to save money that way. I was in a, on a budget trip. So, But then I, I went to this temple stay. Uh, and then after checking the program, I told her that I will extend my stay. Because after five days, she had uh, to come back. Uh, her leave was only for five days. But I was uh, taking like long break. So I had nothing to come back to or rush to. How old, how old were you at this time? Wow. Like, not that young la. maybe late late 20s, 20s late 20s late 20s this, and you discovered this 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 retreat is it a retreat you call it a retreat or is it um, a it's a temple stay program they okay, call it okay, so mm, retreat, mm, yeah, it's a mm. ser- it sounds more serious like a temple stay mm. and you found this like on the first day 
Um, I can't remember. In the middle of the in trip, the I think, because uh, we're going to a place called Insadong, and then it was walking distance to this very famous Buddhist temple. So we're sightseeing, uh, you know. It's like I think it's called Jogesa or something like that. Then there were brochures. Also, it's really just like pick up a leaflet, like hmm, this sounds cool, and you just sign yeah. up for it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I went. And I told her, you know, you go back to Singapore first. I changed my ticket. <laughs> I extended it, I think, for another a few days or a week. Mm. So I went there. Um, I liked it so much there. Uh, the place was beautiful. So much nature. You know, mm. it's really a typical Zen temple kind of thing. It has this amazing garden and it was surrounded by pine forests. And there were monks there. Mm. Uh, but it was an international uh, meditation center. So they were conducting programs in English as well. Thank goodness I don't speak Korean. Um, so I stayed there for a night and I decided not to leave. So um, I stayed on for a few more days and I still didn't want to leave, right? <laughs> and I just stayed on and I started to enjoy the meditation routine very much. So every morning at about 3, 4 a.m., mm. there was sound the bamboo or the tok tok thing, yeah, right? Yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> mu yu, I think they call it. I, don't, I can't remember. Uh, and, and then everybody wakes up, mm. freshens up, go to uh, do our uh, meditation. They have their Buddhist uh, chanting, mm. and I was chanting with them in Korean. That's oh. why I picked up the Korean sounds and alphabet. Um, then, yeah, that was my uh, exposure to meditation. It was... Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. This is such a... <laughs> you've never done meditation before in your no, life no. before this. Before this, no. And you, how long were you meditating? This is like a proper retreat. It's a proper... It's like, mm, it's like, like a, uh, vipassana so, kind of... Uh, not... I, I don't... I haven't done vipassana, but I believe vipassana is mostly a silent program. Mm-hmm. The teachers tell you uh, the technique and then you're left to do your self-practice. Mm-hmm. We have a routine. And then like basically the, the, the monks were in the front row. They do their thing as per normal in their robes and whatnot. We were also like in a uniform, the given color. robes. Not white, just like grayish, okay. but it was nice and uh, comfy and everybody wearing the same stuff. Yeah. Um, then we just follow whatever they practice, they do. Each sitting uh, morning, we do their chanting, right? And then they'll be chanting, of course, Buddhist uh, mantras and mm. so on. We'll be doing prostrations. Basically, it is 108 um, prostrations. I don't know if you heard of a prostration. No, I don't know what that word is. So you start in standing. Imagine mm. sun salutation, right? Mm. And then instead of reaching up and down and stretchy version, this one is like a more contained version. So you come onto your knees. You put your head, forehead to oh. the ground, palms to the ground. You flip open your palm. Okay, it's like paying homage to, yeah. uh, you know, whatever that you're committing to. And then you recover, come to oh. kneeling, stand up again. That's one wow. prostration. I think I've seen this on TV before. <laughs> Probably. People doing their pilgrimage. Yeah, do yeah, they do here. that. Okay, okay. But we, when I went there, um, that they do it every morning, every yeah. morning, 108 times. Oh, by the How time we finished. Uh, close to that I yeah. think and they're not like rushing that. it they're, they're like no. mindfully no. like up mm. down up down mm. so um, I guess I jumped right into the you know the deep end because it's not just a typical meditation where they explain and they guide you I was I, I just soaked in everything because I had no expectations mm. and they see me as this foreign weird solo mm. Singaporean girl and then they just let me follow them in everything we do. How many people were there and how many were like is it mostly Koreans or like one or two I foreigners? would say half. 
half of them. Uh, the weekends are quite busy. Mm. We can get up to maybe 20 or uh, 25 people, participants. But even the monks themselves, the people who stay in and uh, are living there, uh, it's already close to 20 So um, and on weekdays because the temple stay actually is designed for weekend visitors. Mm. So there are a lot of visitors. Uh, they could be like maybe working expats working in Seoul. Oh, they want to. They go they, there for wow, a weekend to expose. Nice yes, it's amazing. So uh, you can go check them out. They're still running the program. Mm. Um, the abbot monk has changed. Of course, it's been more than 10 years. But the temple stay is getting uh, better and better in terms of I think now the website is in English. Mm. <laughs> That's the option. What are the facilities like? Just normal, um, uh, humble. Uh, simple, pretty yeah. nice actually. Uh, a house, and then we had rooms to 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 uh, spend the night. Uh, we we share, so a uh, very Korean style. Mm. We have futons that we yeah. roll out at night, and then the girls, the ladies, will be sharing. Maybe three people or two people mm. to one room, and it has an attached bathroom. And of course, guys will be in a separate one. Um, and then of course the the those who are the uh, the monks will have their own. Uh, a different space, different yeah. building, different space. Uh, but for us, uh, and then there's even like a dining area, a dining hall. There's a meditation hall. There is a uh, another hall where we do calligraphy. I'm not kidding. It's like we do the brush calligraphy, yeah. and then we do the sutra copying. It was very cultural experience yeah. for me. Um, and without me knowing, uh, that is mindfulness practice mm, in its essence, mm. you know, because mindfulness has its roots in uh, Buddhism, Zen mm. Buddhist, which is being fully present uh, with whatever you are doing and no expectations. You're not doing something for the sake of something. Interesting. <laughs> I like this definition. Mm, right, right. Okay. Mm, Because mm. nowadays, there's always an agenda. Everything that you do has to have a purpose. You want to do the calligraphy because you want to sell, is it? You want to earn money or, or whatever the intention is. But then when you're driven by that intention, then it's a, it's, it's a false kind of motivation already. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for something else. Mm, mm, mm. But go on, yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, I was at the right place at the right time. Okay. Uh, no expectations. That's the best. Mm. Uh, they, they call it in, in the beginner's mind, right? E. Yeah, because really empty. I have no expectations. I don't know what I, I'm getting myself into. I just follow them. Um, and uh, we were taught, of course, during some tea time sessions, we have consultation, chit-chat. Mm. They just serve you tea. And there were so many moments of silence. I had to get used to it. So we're just sitting around and... No phones, no... Nothing. Like, yeah, uh, and then just drinking tea. And then, are you able to, you can talk lah. It's not silent. It's not silent. But I wasn't talking much because I don't speak Korean. So in a way, it's like, you, you sort of like, because because you got no one to talk to, then you sort of have your own yes. silent meditation yes, of your yes, own. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. On my own. I was just absorbing and uh, just uh, soaking in the whole experience. Um, yeah, and the meditation things that uh, they were sharing with me and teaching us, because we were all beginners, right? Lay people trying, trying it out. Um, and we're not so much into the whole religious and worshipping mm. thing. We're more like exploring uh, the practice of, of Buddhist uh, meditation and the life and the whole Zen concept. In Korean, they don't call it Zen. They call it Son, S-E-O-N, Son. So uh, because it's all translated, mm. right? Yeah. I can mm. give a whole lecture about that. Uh, hey, we got time. But, <laughs> we got time. Let's stick yeah, to the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, interestingly, um, I was uh, able to learn the techniques they were sharing, which is things like counting your breath. When you inhale, exhale, you count, and we count up to 10. And then things like um, 
of course the mantras we repeat some simple mantras and uh, what else we were given uh, we were given like um, in in the Japanese style I think they call it a koan but in Korean Zen style they call it a huadu it is a phrase or sometimes even a riddle or a story and then you are given that to meditate on like a haiku uh. um, haiku is more like a literary a literary like a poetry thing um, whereas uh, how do I give an example of a koan uh, or a huadu a uh, the huadu that was given to me and my, my, my group that were practicing the meditation was that uh, it was a story of course that someone had to uh, in Korean I think is yonwa miso yonwa miso it's a bit like cheng yu like a Chinese mm. four words and then it's condensing the whole story basically it's the story of Buddha giving a teaching at his space to his disciples but that day he didn't he didn't say a single word all he I mean, did was, was to uh, to hold a lotus flower in his hand okay he didn't say a word that day he was holding a lotus flower in his hand and one of the disciples smiled that's it <laughs> so i was given that story that that the oh. thing and i was told to meditate on it uh, that was part of uh, a program i think it was like a out of the five weeks i was there there was a nine day program that i was oh. part of so that was my huadu i had to focus on that yeah so what was the what was the con- like so what is it <laughs> so like what was the like so they gave you this wadu for you to sit and to think of your own mor- morals or understanding of it is it they just gave me the wadu they no- didn't tell me oh. anything else so um of course before i got this wadu i was already taught i had to clear like the basic stuff i could be comfortable to sit 40 to 50 minutes at one sitting mm. And then in between 10 minutes, we can stand up and do walking meditation, right? So um, only when I have some comfort, I can do those easily. Then I was in this program and they gave me that huadu. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So the, the, I always get the same question when I share this story. So what is it in the end? So mm-hmm. you, did you figure it out? What happened? What were you supposed to do? Was there an answer? Mm-hmm. And of all these things were in my head for the first three days, non-stop. Mm. It was driving me berserk, actually. It was definitely not zen. It was not soothing. It is not calming. It is very, very challenging. Because I had to struggle. For 40 to 50 minutes, you're sitting. Mm. And the whole time, it's in your mind. Questions, answer. What is this for? Why am I here? This is nonsense. Let's get out. Stand mm. up. You know, all these. So I was going through all of that in my head. And there were days where it's worse and days where it's easy. Easy meaning less talk in my mind. Um, and to share at the end where I found a bit of calm and peace uh, and stopped struggling so much, right? Mm. I realized that uh, the Huadu itself doesn't matter. It's not supposed to have any meaning to itself. Of course, you can give meaning to it. You can attribute it to it, uh, to the story and the symbolism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it was the whole process of me focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. And whatever happened during the process uh, is uh, what I was meant to experience. The struggle, mm-hmm. 
And there were moments of a very light. Um, I, it's all, I can't even verbalize it because once I verbalize it, it is reducing it to something. Right, you're rationalizing something yes. that can't be rationalized. Yes. So at one point, the rational mind, the intellectual mind, because it's already so tired mm. after days of thinking, it just gives up. It's just like, whatever. Mm. And that mental clarity and is super shook. I was just like, I feel so relaxed. I let go of this crazy thinking because I realized that it will get me nowhere. Right. The overthinking, yeah. Okay. Analyzing yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so um, without them explaining that this was supposed to be it, I had to plow through it myself, you know, struggle through it. I could have given up. Mm. I could have, you know, just like, ah, oh, this is nonsense. Let me just go back to my breathing, my counting, walk in the, pa- uh, the pine tree forest and then Enjoy, like, uh, yeah. drink my uh, Korean tea, you know. Everything, those were really enjoyable, very naturally easy mm. practices. But when I was confronted with uh, something that requires more effort, that's where I believe the, the, the transformation was. Mm. Uh, yeah, and my nature, the nature of my mind, I'm a, I'm a thinker, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what the mind is meant to do. Yes. La. I yes. feel like everybody, everybody will want to think of uh, so means what, like what is the moral, what is the meaning, how can I solve this, what is the end goal of it? I guess because of how abstract this question sounds, and it does have a meaning, like it means nothing, but it also means anything, mm. like, and, it, and it means everything, mm. because you can justify it or analyze it or interpret it in any way that can mm. give you meaning in this stage of your life. But then you, if, 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 that, the, if that phrase was given to me at a different stage of my life when I was contemplating it, would be it, different. it would be different, yeah. Different. Mm. <laughs> that's the beauty I think uh, and how and why I really believe and up to now if uh, would, I were to choose any meditation technique um, I, I, I may not go to my huadu oh, see how you know. <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah. On, it's okay sometimes <laughs> um, but uh, the the whole premise of Zen Buddhism Zen being very simple we are not chasing a certain end point because uh, right here, right now is the best time to be. Yeah, present moment. And uh, when the mind is disturbed, is disturbed by the past or the future. It's not so much disturbed by the present. Present, very simple stuff, mm. right? Nothing. It's very little uh, to to for us to hold on to. It's just as straightforward as yeah. Yeah, you're breathing here. You're sitting here. Yeah, you're seeing this. You're hearing this at this moment, and done. End of story. We worry about the things that we can't control and the things that we can't change, past and future. Mm. So if we think about how we are now, we are alive, we're breathing, we're healthy, we have everything that we need right now, like right now, you and me sitting here, even me saying now has already been in the past, but yes. like at the present, yes. the idea of the present, we're fine and therefore everything is fine. Mm. Mm. But it's mm. hard to bring us back to that moment, especially with all the distractions of the world and the clutter mm. of the mind, so then mindfulness techniques help bring us back to that 
your flow or, or mm. not your flow, your mindfulness, your present moment. The present, yeah. the present moment. And it's interesting how like these exercises, meditation, quiet sitting, even yoga, um, yoga, yoga, yeah, of course, is definitely, <laughs> of course, yeah, yoga, cooking, lab, calligraphy, yes, the, 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 yes. the mantra, med- where you do yeah. it silently on your own and then you commit to it, mm. and most importantly, without expectation of results or where you're supposed to be at the end, mm. um, uh, which, uh, yeah, when you're thinking about what it should be, you're worrying about the future yeah. right or if you're comparing it to oh I used to do it last time better you're stuck right. in the past yeah. yeah so just as much as you can't hold on to the bad things you can't hold on to the good things either yeah. because you always end up having expectations or like judging yourself yeah like, oh last time I can do this how come now I cannot do it yeah, then like hmm mm, mm, mm. mm, yeah. okay very cool how so this meditation thing was you sign up for like one day, then like, oh, it's not just bad. Stay on. They don't mind. They don't I mind can just stay because the program, the the formal you just live program. There, run yes. Away, hide there forever. People do that. I'm sure. I changed my ticket to an open ticket. You won't believe me. I didn't wow. want to leave. I mean, the the visa is three months, right? The tourist visa wow. then ninety days. So I stayed on and I didn't oh, get my yo. return ticket. <laughs> so powerful. Yeah, this kind of thing. Yeah. Huh? It reached a point. Uh, the funny story funny ending to my Korean uh, adventure is I think my my family thought I was probably going to become a nun <laughs> and, and, and just abandon everything because uh, renounced uh, yeah worldly right renounced worldly possessions I really seriously thought about mm. it I did give it serious thought when I was there and for at least a week I was thinking about it because if there's a time to do it that was nah, then right wow. it was then yeah but then I do I did have moments of uh, um, realization I was I meditate and I was thinking uh, and then one of these things that I was um, chatting with my teachers about and also reading about is uh, about every everyone has karmic imprints I don't know uh, yeah that's why we are born into this certain uh, situation now like the fact that I'm female I have this look, I speak in this way, these are my parents, I'm growing up in this culture, why am I not elsewhere or born elsewhere, right? Um, uh, there is a karmic thing that is supposed to unfold and then uh, and there's a way that you can contribute in a good way to everything else, okay? With You, you, you don't know what it is, okay? And there's no expectation of your impact to it, but it is a natural thing, okay? A natural law of the universe that cause and effect, um, so I started to feel, I don't know why, I can't explain it, but I started to feel that I'm given this privilege of being comfortable with teaching. I was already a teacher before that. I have a healthy body. Um, I have a pleasant disposition. Most people <laughs> find me very uh, amicable, approachable. And then I just realized that I should be doing something positive with this mm. instead of just going into a reclusive uh, practice of just focusing on myself because that's what oh there's thunder gonna be a storm. cozy <laughs> because that's uh, what people who choose to dedicate their lives to practice mm. is for their journey is now inward they go inward in mm. a way that they abandon their identity yeah. uh, and their roles and uh, the things that have been given and they start from zero right? right I wasn't ready to do that I felt that I do have some precious gifts uh, or whatnot that I, attributes that I just have and must do something good with them to give yeah, back yeah, yeah. Um, and 
all in all, I'm still very attached to my family. Lah, okay, mm. I'm human. I didn't want to like change my name and then uh, not be my parents' daughter anymore. Yeah. And then like, uh, I mean, I it's know. a huge step to let go. Of, like, I don't know how like religious folk do that where they just renounce or just mm. like I'm not I'm not Tom or Mary anymore I'm now a new person a new name shave my head wear change your clothes your everything is now you're just a completely different person but in that liberate it's a liberation you yes. know of yourself your yes. identity yes. your yes. ego but I don't I like we are still human we an ego is a part of that humanity and it's interesting how when you talked about it or, or through your contemplations you realize that like you have these qualities with yourself and instead of using that instead of thinking like like feeding the ego side mm. of it I'm, I'm so I'm so good at teaching blah blah <laughs> you're thinking outwards you're thinking about yes. others instead like oh, yes. what can I do yeah. uh, how can I use these abilities to then pay it forward or, or to, to 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 how should I say it like fulfill the the yes. karmic um, intention yep. that the universe has set for you and you through the, the the days and the weeks of meditation at that, that that temple maybe it brought you a little bit closer to that intention and then you found it and then you're like ah oh, now I know what you must do your dharma was revealed yes. hey you yeah nice right <laughs> okay okay like, because at that point of time I was mentioning I was going through a very rough patch in my in my life, right? And it was a very low period. Mm. My closer friends would know, you know, and I, I'm I'm very open to sharing it now because I think it's quite common around that, that age and around I would say late twenties where you start to question your life. I didn't really feel like I was in a place, a space that uh, I was happy and mm. at peace with. So I was actually depressed, like clinically depressed, uh, even on medication, you know. I had a lifestyle where I was drinking a lot, smoking, not sleeping, mm. you know, poor diet. Um, and of course, uh, things just got worse and worse, right? That's your body's way of telling you something is wrong. Mm. Yeah, if something is wrong in your life's choices, your lifestyle, something you are stuck in and you are not moving away from it, your body, I guess, has this way of protecting yourself. Mm. I just read this article uh, recently that depression actually can be seen as a way of a, a protection mechanism. It manifests. It can manifest in a physical way as well. Sometimes, yes. yeah. Like mm. if your body feels tired, mm. like when people feel depressed, they feel tired because like don't go and do the thing that's dangerous. So feel tired and just stay home and stay safe. Mm. Yeah. So the question for me at the lowest point was. What is this for? You know, I have all this uh, and I know what's going to happen next, you know. Uh, what, uh, af after you get married, you have kids and then you get a good job and you buy a house, you get a bigger house and then you go on and on. I was very depressed by that life uh, in, my, in my head, right? right? Like then, what's more? Like yeah, what, what's can't be, more? It just can't be this. Yeah, I, want, I felt like there's something more. Um, and of course that depressive state broke me right that's why I took time off of work and whatever I was doing what were you doing before? Um, I used to still teach but I was teaching uh, in my own tuition school I used oh, to right, run right, a tuition yeah. school 
with my sister. I was doing it for quite a few years. So in an academic setting, lah, not not very pleasant, because <laughs> uh, you see kids facing PSLE O levels, and I have to coach them. Um, I was teaching English, and I had to coach them for the sake of an exam. It was highly stressful mm. and uh, a little bit heartbreaking at times, because I feel that uh, it's too much pressure for the kids. Mm. But yeah, so that kind of money was good. Of course, education in Singapore, you can't beat it. Um, yeah, but it was kind of depressive, whatever I was doing. So escaping, going on my travels, bumping into this Zen meditation thing. Um, uh, and then eventually me starting to realize that I'm a natural teacher in a way, right? I've always been teaching. Um, and so why don't I think about what I want to teach or what I can share and help others? So, um, and to me, it's like, if, if this can be something I look out for, that's some positivity in life, I can carry on living. Mm. If not, I was at the point where I don't really want to wake up in the morning. Found a new, found a new calling, mm. a new motivation to motivation. do the things. Yeah. I didn't know what will be uh, in store for me, but at least I felt that uh, my, I mean, I broke out of my downward spiral thinking of nothing matters, you know, blah, blah, blah. Nihilistic views. Right, and, yeah. We're all going to die, why even <laughs> try? Yeah, so uh, so this this meditation uh, experience opened up my, my yeah. thinking in a, in a different way, more uplifting way, a higher vibe. Uh, but yeah, so at the end of five weeks, my mom and my sister came on a pretend trip to Seoul saying they want to travel, but I know they came to grab me home. <laughs> so they came. So you were there for five weeks? Uh? I was there for five weeks or so. Um, um, mm. And... Um, well, they were really worried. Like they were going to yeah, go down yeah. and like, drag you out of it. Yeah, wow. because I, I called home. I was broke. I even had to borrow some money from my dad and say that, can you transfer this money? Because I need to top up like $600, change my ticket to an open job, open ticket. Huh. Um, I can do visa runs, you know, from, yeah. from Korea. I can go to Taiwan or Japan. I can come back in again. I don't want to come back yet. So I think and they, they panicked. Knew, yeah, and they knew you were doing the meditation. Meditation. Thing. They knew I was staying there, uh, mm. of course. So uh, okay, yeah. So mom and sis came, and they saw me, and they realized that no, I was just having a good time. I wasn't uh, thinking about you know becoming a, a nun. Um, yeah. So I tried to share with them uh, some my experiences there, uh, and then after that we had a short tour of Seoul, and then we came back to Singapore. But before I came back, I remember we had a small chat, having tea with the monk, the abbot monk, the head monk, right? Uh, mom and my sister was in the room. Uh, very funny. So they were looking obviously awkward because they don't know what is happening. They thought it's like chit-chat, they're talking, talking. But I was so used to not talking during tea sessions with, uh, mm. with, uh, the, with my teacher, uh, the monk. So I was just there watching him make the tea. And then I could see mom and my sis exchanging glances like, hey, what's, what's, what's happening, man? But in the end, he, he spoke very basic English. And then, uh, I think one of the last things is like, don't stay here anymore. Go home, Wendy. Go home and do yoga. Whoa. I'm not kidding what is, you. <laughs> that doesn't get any more obvious than that. Eh? Mm-hmm. He said, Wendy, go home, do yoga. You know, go back. So I did. Before that, I had been to yoga classes, you know, buying some Groupon thing, tried it here and there. It was nice because uh, I used to dance. So physically, I enjoy the movements anyway, the mindful movements. 
but I never thought of it. Then uh, I never thought much of it. It felt like what a retired dancer would do, you know, go join a yoga class because mm. I busted my knee. Um, but then my teacher say, no, "Go so home, so. Oh. go do yoga." You're like, okay. Well, okay. What do you <laughs> looking back on it now? Why do you think he he? It, how? Why do you think he said that? It seemed so random were y'all doing yoga in no. the re- no, no right? yoga just, nothing he could have said anything when he go home and uh, be a baker or yeah. whatever he could yeah. have said anything yeah. but he said that it but seemed yoga. like it was bestowed you know <laughs> like put the sword on your shoulder okay go home and do this <laughs> I actually don't know too sometimes I doubt my memory did Shifu mm. really say that did he really say that but that was me? your reality uh, at that point he could have said like whatever whatever sounds like yoga poga yeah, or uh, I don't he, maybe he said something in, in Korean but I did, I did I, yeah so when I came back I took his advice and then uh, I, I signed up for more yoga uh. practice I already had a studio I really liked anyway um, um, it was a boutique studio now it's no longer around but it was a Japanese studio actually Japanese uh, and English kind of language medium uh. So I went there and I started practicing, did my first teacher training with them. Um, and uh, yeah, then things just changed. I realized why uh, my teacher in Korea told me to do yoga. Um, I, I, it improved my health. When I was mm. in Korea, I was very underweight. I don't sleep well. I have gastric issues, you know. Um, my lifestyle, everything was really horrible. and. Um, I got some routine there when I was staying in the temple, but still, I, my appetite, everything was kind of like, you know, it's a typical thing of uh, if you're still having anxiety or stress or a depressed state, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, the yoga changed me. I started to sleep, like sleep. Up till now, if I lie down on my bed, I assume Shavasana position, I sleep. Mm. And that was already life-changing for me. I have problems sleeping since I was a teenager. The minor. Is yeah, the minor? yeah. And then um, I started to eat more healthily. I mean, just in general, I was eating more. I was had more energy. Hmm. I was a very nice person mm, <laughs> after yoga. It, you see how this is starting yes. to, to make sense. Like, hmm. I'm like, say you're in this bad space, you're, you're, you're grumpy, you're unhealthy, blah, blah. Then you decide to eat healthy, and when you eat healthy, you feel better. When you feel better, you are nicer. When you're nicer, whatever, whatever, and you get to sleep better, and it just starts to get just one step, one step, and then like it trickles down already to everything. Okay. Mm, So when people ask me uh, why I believe in yoga, why I love yoga, my my my, how I will explain it is that yoga helped me become a better person, better health. I could sleep and I can do everything else in life better. I could meditate better. I had less pain in my body um, and uh, my mood was better. I was just functioning uh, at what is nice, at the nice level. Of course, there are still ups and downs. The body has its cycles and whatnot. But uh, at that point of time, I started to realize that I can have control of making that change uh, improving my mental state, my body's, uh, my physical state, uh, and not dependent on medication. You know, like now people, I was prescribed Prozac. I was on Prozac. And when even Prozac is not enough, or if it's just bad habits, right? Uh, smoking. I used to be a smoker, you know? Um, and yeah, 
just all kinds of uh, things that you chase, like binge watching TV mm. or uh, whatnot, right? Distractions. Distractions uh, yeah. uh, to make yourself feel better. So yoga gave me a different route, right? Mm. And then I started to see, oh, I can do yoga and feel good. It's a natural high. You don't need drugs. Mm. You don't need to chase all these things. You get a natural high and um, the body just heals itself naturally. I wasn't dependent on uh, drugs so much as in like painkillers or medication to sleep and so on. Um, and that was an amazing feeling mm. of empowerment. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You're so, taking control of your physical body again. Yes, huh? yeah. yes. so instead of being upset that oh, I can't sleep again, the mind is going this way again, I could actually tap on either my meditation practices or sometimes meditation don't work because it's hard to stay still or my back hurts or my knee hurts, my neck is tight, what, what not. Then I just bust out a few sun salutations, you know, do my asana practice, lie in Shavasana and immediately I feel better. It just sounds like mm. a like an advertisement already eh, for a yoga. Take yoga, join yoga. But it's true, <laughs> like you ask any yogi or you ask, like it, this is a very simple way of of like explaining what the benefits of yoga can do to the body what it calms you it helps you focus and through the movements it does help you sleep because you're grounded you know you're no more you're no longer cluttered with the past or the future the the thoughts running in your head and when that is settled then you can sleep better it makes sense it's it's like science yeah it is it is an equation right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah if, if your equation balances out then very nice. Mm. If something doesn't balance, there's always a struggle. There's always conflict. I mean, everything there's strives for harmony. Uh, yeah, there there's resistance. resistance. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, on, I always think of things the other way or so. Um, I've also people who think too much that uh, only yoga is you know good for mm. you and you have to do it every day. Otherwise, People will be upset. I miss my yoga. During circuit breaker, people will be like, I can't do my yoga, you know. I'm stuck at home. I miss my yoga teacher. I miss the shala. I miss things like that. And it, it shouldn't be a source of extra <laughs> stress and uh, anxiety because um, non-attachment, right? I was about yeah. to. Yeah, yeah non-attachment. Yeah. I, I really love my yoga. I'm very committed to uh, this practice and my role as a, as a t- teacher to share. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to change my whole lifestyle. Every day I wake up at 4 a.m. and I do it. If not, I will feel like uh, this is uh, I'm missing something. And then it's no difference from addiction. Right. There's no difference from addiction. So as much as we as yoga teachers share that, yes, yoga is very good, I also want people to also know, respect yourself. The best way is the middle way. Mm. This is from uh, like a Buddhist philosophy, right? Moderate. Balance. Yeah, balance. Do the yoga as you need. You feel good, good enough. Don't always think that you must do it at, at the same way. Um, eat what you like to eat. You don't have to be like pure vegan, raw food. If people are into it, great. That's their lifestyle. Don't feel pressurized. If it's not your thing, don't be. Mm-hmm. If you still like your glass of wine and beers, I am still a big fan of Guinness <laughs> and beers. So I will enjoy my drink, but I know that I'm not there as a form of escape. From my sufferings, I'm there uh, through uh, as an enjoyment, you know, with my friends, or just enjoying the taste of it. Uh, you can enjoy, continue to enjoy your 
coffee, your chocolates, everything in life. Yoga helps you enjoy life better. Uh, it shouldn't stop you from uh, whatever else you enjoy. So I just wanted to put it out there so that, yes, yoga is great, but also you've got to see the bigger picture. Anything done out of moderation has a tendency to be bad for you. Uh, mm. You can eat uh, vegetables every day and, and, and still be unhealthy. You can do yoga every day and, and suddenly hurt yourself because you're doing it like five classes a day that kind yeah, of thing. overdoing. Just like how you can keep eating ice cream and feel sick. You can keep doing something good and feel like people go to the gym two, twice a day for a month. You're going to hurt yourself. It yeah. doesn't make sense. So yeah. it's not like while wow, you, you go, you work out every day, you're going to be healthier. You're just going to hurt yourself if you don't give time to rest. Mm, mm, yeah, so mm. that makes sense. The non-attachment also makes sense. Yes, non-attachment. Non-attachment to, say, if we're focusing on asanas, to the poses of achieving the pose. Non-attachment to what you can do today, maybe you can't do tomorrow because of age, injury. Just You're just tired today, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. and, and if you want to, you're tired today, you can't kick up into your handstand, you're going to beat yourself up over it, man. No one. <laughs> but and people tend yeah. to, I mean, it's just the natural inclination of the mind. Right, but then, and also about how when you say, oh, a uh, circuit breaker, we can't do yoga anymore. But that's just the physical side of yoga. But yoga doesn't mean asana. That's just like the, the one, what, 3% or something, right? <laughs> yoga is everything else. Yoga mm. is uh, sitting quietly, is being kind, is uh, uh, being mindful and all the other things that come from the practice itself. La. So then the asana practice is just a small segment of it. So even if you can't practice, you're still doing yoga. Hmm. Exactly. And the mindfulness, uh, which is the same in yoga and in uh, people think of meditation, yoga separate, same. It's the same thing. I guess nowadays the <laughs> word meditation implies sitting down under a tree, closing your eyes or something religious. Just like yoga implies bending over, stretching, handstands, whatever, yeah. yeah, physical. So I guess it's just the mainstream uh, uh, representation that they see in media. Mm. Um, it's not a bad thing. At least they see it. I tried to think of it positively. Okay, right? okay. At least now, people who are successful still think about meditation and they respect meditation, mindfulness as something that's good for them. Uh, previously, they were just think it's religious stuff, mm. and, and they diss it, right? Uh, but of course, uh, from the first uh, impression they get through media, their representation, then it is. I feel like it is my job, our job as yoga teachers, uh, to bring them mm. a little bit further. Yeah, at the first glance, they won't be bothered about you know what yeah. this whole thing is sweat. about yeah they just want to move very, yeah. they and, just want to feel good everyone and, and wants to the, feel good the, the most uh, the best not the best way I mean the best way and the most easiest way to get someone into that state yes. like you just make you move you feel the sweat you feel the the the, the glow at the end of the class you feel like yeah I can sleep better how come uh? it must be the yoga yes. class why uh? yes. and then as long as you can give them that, they may not be aware of what the effect it's actually having on the body and the mind. But then, as long as they keep coming back, then more is exposed to them. Mm. Oh, there's... What? what Yama, yama. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. Then they, they start to understand it a little bit more. And then, once you give them that, then they can carry that with them off the mat already. Right? Mm. 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 Power of yoga. <laughs> yeah, and we have to be patient, mm. I have to say. 
come, coming into this uh, yoga teaching, teaching in general, you have to teach to the student according to the student's mm. needs. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been teaching for quite a while. Plus, I, my, I used to teach language, right? Before uh, yoga and whatnot. So, uh, every student learns differently. And every day, there's only that much you can present. Mm. And if that day is not a good day, don't teach. Not teaching is actually better because it could backfire. So, um, yeah. How come, how did we get into this? Uh? We're talking about yoga and teachers. Not, yeah. not mm. teaching, not quote unquote, not teaching in itself is a lesson already. Yes. Right? The lesson to slow down, the lesson to breathe, the lesson to, Give them to take space. a step back. Yeah. Give them space. It's the whole, it's the whole like going to the gym every day again. Uh, you know, mm. like you need the rest recovery, day. Yeah, yeah, you need the recovery. Rest day. And mm. as a, as a teacher, um, whatever you, you share with them, they also need time to digest. Mm. Uh, yeah. And if it doesn't match, uh, you know, uh, the condition that day or what they're, they're ready for, it's fine. We let it go. Non-attachment to uh, what should be taught, what should be learned also. Yeah. All these things are just based on our interpretation of what is right and what is wrong. Maybe there is some tradition, there is some baseline of how certain things should be presented. You know, yoga does consist of God does consist of certain aspects. Yes. Uh, eight limbs. Yes, uh, which we have to know, respect blah, blah, blah. and yeah. you know honor and learn from, is is important. Yeah. Mm, but every every student uh, interprets it in a different way as well. Uh, at a different time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at that's a different true, time, that's true. I could be telling certain things to my students the same thing. Maybe like. For five years they've been practicing with me and I tell you the same thing every time you don't hear it and then on another day another teacher tells you the exact same thing and then they'll be like you know Wendy that day that teacher said this and I was like wow hmm. I was like uh it was few, saying the yeah. same thing yeah but maybe the language or the condition at the time her mind her head hmm. space just wasn't primed to to receive what I was sharing uh, but at that particular space with that teacher, uh, at that, at that moment, moment yeah. the mind was open and then it went in and that's fine. So don't be afraid to repeat mm. things. Right. Uh, repeat, like, just go for it, repeat. And they get it, they get it. Uh, maybe it will take five years for, and maybe it's not even you at that moment. She probably listened to that finally because it is the hundredth time yeah, like <laughs> and it's you, rich maturity right yeah you probably had had shared that to her like the 99th time and then like the hundredth time was the one that like enough already then she can yeah, understand yeah, yeah 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 interesting yeah quite cool okay mm, do you want to talk about karma yoga and mm. about your offerings uh, mm, you want to call that but like let's talk about yoga circle yeah so I didn't realize that uh, it leads up quite well, actually, sharing yeah, right? my Korea that's story. Right, right, like, yeah. Not bad. That was nice. Because, <laughs> yeah, my experience with Korea, uh, the Zen meditation leading me to yoga. And then that I was just saying, like, I feel that there's some way I can give back, right? There's something that I can do given what I have. And since my path was yoga, I went into yoga. Now I'm in yoga. Um, I should give back through the yoga. Um, so 
I don't even remember my first few volunteer sessions or yoga for charity. I just randomly, people invite me in or I, I talk to people about it. My first few volunteer experiences, I was helping a more senior, I was junior at that time, a senior teacher um, and uh, volunteering at a girl's home, uh, teenage girls. So that's my first uh, venture into uh, volunteering and karma yoga. And then it just started to unfold. Then I started to work for Yoga Gives Back as well and as, as an ambassador. Uh, yoga Gives Back is based in the States. But our projects uh, support uh, funds and microfinancing scholarships in India, in rural India. And I went on an amazing trip with them last December, thankfully, because I have no idea when I will ever be able to join them in India again. But that's Yoga Gives Back. And this year, I've been very grounded in Singapore, right? Oh, we all, we all have been. <laughs> grounded back at home. And uh, also over the past few years, I have had different groups in Singapore reach out to me to do ad hoc sessions of specialized yoga for them. Uh, one of the groups being the amputee support group under the uh, hospital rehab, uh, Tan Tok Seng Hospital. And I've always been supporting Club Rainbow uh, BCF. So this year was that moment where I felt that, okay, I think the time is right. I should do something proper with this uh, yoga as a giving back and my my hope is to bring it more to the local community. I'll be honest, the past few years and my journey of over the 10 years actually, past 10 years, I'm never very much in Singapore. Hmm. So when I finally got the Shala yoga seats for the past few years, then I started to stay a bit more but I was still all, all over the place. Vata. Hey. <laughs> Vata plus Pita somewhere. So I was chasing and grabbing at anything new. Uh, but I was moving a lot. So this year being grounded, I just had this, uh, I would say, epiphany. All my experiences working with non-profit, all my experiences teaching adaptive, uh, you know, specialized, customized yoga for special groups. Um, I think a lot of teachers are out there who want some opportunities to give back. And also, I was looking at my team of teachers at Yoga Seeds, a few of them, and everyone is trying hard to keep keep it together, you know? We're all struggling through the whole Zoom thing and, you know, closing the shala, uh, loss of income or very low income. Then as we started to, you know, just climb back only when shala opened in July, everyone's mood was still a little bit low. Energy, yeah. Energy was low and everything was about struggling, struggling. Like, ah, uh, everyone is heavy. Then I started to think that we need to, we can use this as a project that uplifts and bring us out. Through doing good, you feel good. Yeah. And through through doing good, right, you start to uh, realize that little things make people happy and these things can make you happy too. Um, and it just brings you out of the, the, the low low uh, state of your mood and whatnot. So I talked to a few of um, my, my instructors, that the instructors I work with, and we came up with this name for our group called Yoga Circle. Okay, so Yoga Circle is a non-profit um, we are, we, we are incorporated in, in, in Singapore so to make it legit and everything is clear so that we can reach out to institutions in, at a bigger, bigger scale. Um, we, will, we aim to bring yoga to uh, different populations 
and these populations may otherwise be underserved in terms of yoga, right? Uh, an example will be wheelchair bound or uh, the, the groups I work with in the shelter or very low income. Um, it, it can be any, any group, any group. Uh, and I hope that this organization and the people that I collect and the volunteers um, will be uh, there uh, for, for them to, to reach out to. And then they we can bring the yoga to these groups. So, like the other day when we were sharing, we were talking about this, and then you were giving some examples of some of the, uh, the 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 classes that you guys do for people who like say have disabilities or are uh, less fortunate or mm. whatever circumstances that they're in. Mm-hmm. I can sort of understand, like say, okay, um, elderly yoga, okay. Um, chair yoga, okay, um, less fortunate or people that that, that you want to just share the 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 yoga to them, but then so then when you talk when you said about um the disabilities and then it's not just like it's like amputees or like uh, even in even in amputees like uh, some with hands or some with no hands some with no legs and they're all in the same group. How, as the teacher, will you facilitate that? How do you make yoga accessible to those who are unable to access it in that way? You know, so yeah, it's it's difficult. It's challenging. It's, it's so very challenging. challenging. Yeah. So to me, um, um, I, I was very very excited because mm. it's challenging. Mm. I'm the type uh, who who <laughs> just likes to be challenged because it makes me think and explore and makes me also uh, rethink my mm. own intention and the essence of what I want to share. Mm. So I'm very very lucky that over the past two years already I had some volunteer opportunities so I could chat with the support groups. Uh, the therapists so I had an idea uh, about how it can uh, serve them what what uh, they are looking for and this year very fortunately as well I did an online training called accessible yoga uh, with uh, the teacher Jivana Heyman so from the states and it was an online training right we had zoom meetups we have recordings to watch but it really opened my mind that accessible yoga uh, is possible uh, you really need to put in some time and effort to think about how you want to serve them. So uh, it's very difficult. Mm. I have to say it's very challenging. No amount of planning will get you anywhere. You try your best to plan and then manage the class. But the truth is, I for myself right now, at every group, every session I'm there, I would have to, I try my best to see everyone as they are and not see their disability or their Mm. condition and when you look at someone in the eye when you see them regardless of how old they are how young they are what condition they are they may not even speak your language but if you address that person as a person the connection makes a difference Mm. and when it comes to yoga we are not using yoga to heal them of their disability or their the condition they struggle with. I'm not using yoga to change their life. I'm using yoga to connect with them. Ooh. Using yoga to connect with them. And I don't know, this has a bit of like the inclusivity, right? Yoga circle is to get everyone in the circle. So no one is left out. Mm. And that's the very first step. 
uh, you open enough to see someone in the eye, we are very different. We are all very different. But it's okay. Hmm. Right here, right now, we're in the same place together. And you're open. First of all, you're open, you're open to your time to let me share some yoga. And uh, I, I'm open to share my time and, you know, just see what, what could be interesting to you. And we take it from there. The most basic thing. Can they smile at you? Can you smile mm. at them? Can. If they are good for it, I will teach them. You know, yoga, we always begin with the word namaste. Right, namaste, right. you know, a greeting. If I can take it further, namaste. I'm just greeting the light that's in you. And you're greeting the light that's in me. This is not just, you know, nah, like a... It's, a, it's transcending already. Yes, you're not thinking yes. of the physical body yes, anymore. Yes, mm. as a person. And what will still always be available, breathing. Right. Pranayama. And we don't do complicated pranayama, you know. You don't even have to do Nadi Shodhana, right, left, nostrils. I had huge plans before when I first started. Because the guy has no hand. Exactly. Like, so, yeah. Exactly. Or um, noticing even that um, instruction-wise, it could be a language barrier. And I've worked with uh, people with uh, intellectual uh, disabilities. Uh, they can't tell right from left. Mm. Mm. they can only mirror what you do and you keep repeating it and it's beautiful they still get some uh, you know enjoyment and connection there um, so it makes you go to the really simple and the really important things so you don't have to um, do the same for everyone but you find the common connection which is we always start with namaste eye contact and right. then smile we do breathing we try to move the body in whichever makes sense. And week after week, they get more familiar. And then we see what happens. This is so interesting. <laughs> it's interesting on many levels because like, it, it, it takes you out of the conventional classroom setting of, like say, say, say when I teach a class, I don't have to think about, oh, is this guy going to have legs or is this guy going to have hands? Is this guy going to low, no left or right? I'm just going to, my, my, the things that I worry about is more like, oh, is there any injuries? Is there any pregnant women? Is there any new beginners? These are pretty, pretty much the things that you worry yeah. about in yeah. a conventional mm, setting. In a public class. Right? Mm. So then you just think, okay, yeah, arms up. And then you sort of, this, people are just going to put their arms up. Simple yes. as that. But then. But you're with a group. The arms don't go yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> like they are disabled or like... Or the arms go up differently. Differently, They need a yeah. different way to Every, get in. Everybody's pose will be different. Yes, and it's actually very beautiful. We 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 have forgotten, perhaps, as a teacher, uh, if you have always been teaching the same demographics, similar mm. population, we are all uh, perfectly mobile. Not perfectly, but relatively, you know. We have control of our limbs. We can move the body as we wish. Uh, we can last through 60 minutes of movement and breathing and focus. And then when you come to a group where some are able to, some are not. Some uh, are enjoying things differently. Um, and it's just very humbling. It makes you question what exactly makes the pose. Is it the shape? Yes. Is it the intention? Yes. Is it the breath? You know, like, I mean, I mean even I'm asking myself that now, what, what is the... What makes the pose a pose? Then before we get to that question, Ooh. why do you do the pose? Why? Why? <laughs> and not physically why. Eh? Why are you there in mm. that space on the mat with that teacher trying to move your body into that pose? Your real, very, mm. very core intention. Why? You want to feel good. You want to connect with the body. 
and try something. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Open mind, right? So if you have that, then it's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you strictly, I, I just finished an adaptive chair yoga workshop over the weekend, and every weekend, uh, sorry, every workshop, uh, the responses I get when we talk about adaptive, the keyword here is adaptive, adapt, right? Mm. Uh, what makes a pose a yoga pose? What makes a yoga class still a yoga class if you have adapted the pose so much that it doesn't look like it? Hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. Huh? Huh? How? Be like, ah, oh, still legit, or have I changed that's it? That's true. Yeah, but. You need to think of it. Uh, you have to find your right. own answer there. Um, an ankle rotation, point your toes, flex your, to- flex your toes, that can be yoga. Or that can be exercise. Mm. Or that can be massage. Or that can be therapy. Right. <laughs> but your intention, the way you deliver it, in the end, did they get that mindful mm. moment? Because I would think I was explaining to my, my students, my trainees who want to teach adaptive yoga, is that um, when you do an exercise or physio or OT or occupational therapist, they, they give them exercises to do. They do it for the sake of the physical movement. Mm. If you're teaching yoga, you do it for your mind to know your foot, to love your foot, and to be there with your foot. That's, so then that's like one level deeper. Mm. There's not only just move your hands and then the end mm. it's move your hand so you know your hand is there yes it's move your hand so that you can um, be aware of it like like not I, I think I was watching this video at my TT some time ago about how you you know where your arms are you know my right hand is on my right side my left hand is on my right side but you don't really know it's there now you hold warrior to arms out for five minutes now you're gonna feel yes. that your arms are there you know what I mean yes. so that the pose helps Re, uh, remind you uh, to bring that awareness to your arms oh, now your arms are aching because it's there so then that is that connection so then um, how can you still bring that to someone who has who's inaccessible to their arms but you know you can you can you can still do that it's tricky it's challenging and it forces you again like to so then what is the pose why do we do the pose or or even so why, what makes a human being? Oh, uh, I close my eyes. A human being is with one head, two legs, two hands. Hey, but this guy got no arms, so is he a human being? So then you got to question yourself. You got to dig a little bit deeper. Yes. What does, what makes a person a person? Mm. Is it the soul? Is it the personality? Is it the, the contact? Uh, I see you, you see me, we're both present here. Or whatever. So then when you can look past the physical body, and you can see the true self, the true identity of the person. When you peel back all the layers, who is that person in that essence? That essence is found in everybody. Yes. And then everybody's the same. Every living thing is the same. Every atom, every animal is all the same. We come from the same place. Uh, <laughs> you just, yeah. You see the Purusha in, mm. uh, you know, Purusha Prakriti, right? Mm. The idea there of uh, uh, the one the, uh, the energy. Uh, yes. So, adaptive yoga, mm. on the surface, it the class always looks like a hot mess, you know? Everyone uh. is doing something, somebody's sitting, somebody could be dozing off, okay. of, you know, and the teacher looks like uh, whatever you're saying, they may not be following mm. you. It's not like you go for a, a, a more regular class in a, in a studio where everyone knows their moves. Can, take, yeah. yeah, chaturanga, upward dog, downward dog, then they know exactly what you're doing. Here, no. They'll mm. always be, um, which is quite cool actually, they'll always be waiting for you 
to guide them. So they're always connected with you. Ooh, interesting. Mm. Because sometimes I would, on my mat, I would zone out. Mm. So then in a way, it's, 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 it's not, I wouldn't say it's disconnection, but it's some, it's, it's pratihara, right? You withdraw. But mm-hmm. then in that withdrawal, I find myself, but then I, maybe I lose connection with the, the people around me, you know? Let's, it could be, mm, yeah, it could mm, be something like that. Mm. But for, for those people, they have to connect with you. What's next? Um, is it like that or whatever? Because they're, they're not new. They need guidance for something that I've never done before. What's your um, instructions for yes. that particular thing? Mm. So even that connection may not be something that is always accessible mm. to them. The, 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 the options for their social engagement and you know activities are quite limited you know if they're from uh, either you're think, thinking about seniors who are not so mobile you're thinking about the uh, people who are in your shelters or you're thinking about physical physically you know uh, the the movement is cha- they, they, they have some challenge right so the yoga class itself uh, gives them, that social person-to-person mm. connection, uh, which for us may not be what we think about when we go to a yoga class. In fact, when I go to a yoga class for myself, for Wendy, you want to be I, alone, yeah. yeah, right. I'm like, I don't want to chit chat. I don't yeah. want a small talk. Don't look at me in my eye. Just let me practice. Thank you for guiding me. I hear your voice is cool, right. and that works because we are on the opposite spectrum. We have too we have much, too much yeah. stimulation. We wish to plug off a little bit, go inwards and have a trust, a, a, a voice that you trust to just guide you through that hour and that's mm. cool. Whereas I, I'm seeing that when I volunteer and I go in on for these sessions, right? Yes, uh, the original intention, they're thinking, ah, something to loosen the body, to make their, their, their body feels healthier and so on. But what really really makes a difference is the connection yeah, someone your presence new is here. yes yeah. and the presence and we're here not to uh, not as you know a doctor or a nurse to tell mm-hmm. you you must do this you must do that or not as the family members which already have assumed certain roles we are just a person one person random person coming in telling you to breathe mm. <laughs> telling you to move your body smile uh, I think that's quite a precious experience for them uh, and empowering also. After that, maybe they're familiar with the practice and the movements. On days where they don't see us, the volunteers, mm. they can do it on their own. Mm. And that's the time where the yoga becomes uh, more like how we, uh, who can easily shut off, you know, and we don't need anyone's guidance and then we go inwards. Uh, maybe one day they, they have the opportunity and that is freedom, you know. Yeah. That is freedom to practice on your own. Mm. Uh, the, the end point, I mean, not end point, so-called no attachment to end point, right, or results. But ideally, we wish to empower people uh, who come to learn or try out accessible adaptive yoga mm. know that yoga is not exclusive it's not that you must be this certain type of person privileged to pay for this type of uh, membership wear these kind of clothes you know uh, then you can do yoga of course if you can anybody can do yoga mm. uh, if you do have these challenges and make a typical yoga class inaccessible we hope to fill that gap we hope they come in and um, share the yoga and then they will feel empowered. Oh, I can do yoga too. Mm. Yeah. So going back to like how I felt empowered when 
I realized, hey, yoga make me so healthy. Mm. I'm a bad, better person in whatever I want to do. So not only do I want to share it with people who regularly come for yoga, you know, general public, this is, I guess, taking it a step further to people that uh, won't be coming to my studio on their own because of their restrictions or limitations. And also to give an opportunity to yoga teachers to, mm. to I, I don't know, this, this is very challenging for a yoga teacher. So it is very, uh, it's very enriching experience. Yeah, like as much as you're empowering the practitioners, you're also empowering the teachers because this is a new uh, playing ground. It's like, how, like, oh, I'm like, when you when you ask me to whether I want to volunteer, like I'm like oh, I can't yeah, do this. How you want to I, volunteer? How am I gonna do this? Like how am I gonna teach someone with no arms how to do warrior two? Or how am I gonna like do that? So then it's a different kind of space that you need to hold. Mm. It's a different kind of uh uh uh, uh whatever like a, a skill set, but it's still it's still yoga, mm. it's still yoga mm. teaching. But then like mm, okay, what do you need to do? How does this you know, you're learning, uh, you're facing a challenge. You overcome that challenge, you grow as a person, you get better, so you feel more empowered. So this is another challenge. And then not only are you empowering the practitioners, oh, I can do this, I didn't know I can do it, but you're also empowering the teacher because, oh, I didn't know I... Same thing, I yeah. didn't know I can do it, now I can do it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know I, I have anything to share for this yeah. school, but I do. Mm. You'll be surprised. So, yeah. How... how so you, do you provide... Uh, training for teachers before they go into a space like this do you Um, what are some tips I guess mm, at the moment um, everything is quite uh, informal we will Mm. always start by if you are open to it of course we will screen I will chat with them and I will get an idea um, of uh, this phrase uh, my my instructor friend uh, Claudia told me she's French she says like test the temperature of the person, right? Mm. Because you have to know the person's maybe uh, personality and what suits them. Are they better with seniors? Are they better with like uh, maybe working with a different group? Or are they maybe not that ready to work mm. with the group? And if they are ready, usually people who step up to me and tell me they mm. want to do it, um, I, I will have a chat. And the moment I explain a bit more and I give them the opportunity to observe and assist for a start, mm. then they learn from there. And they can, of, of course, ask me questions here and there. Um, and we we try our best to provide some, uh, I would say... Guidance. Uh. Guidance. Because apart from yoga teaching side as a volunteer, you need to know certain things as well. Your boundaries. Ooh, yeah, your boundaries. Right. And um, non-attachment. So if I were to go in and volunteer, we are starting a... a Force the guy to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) And not just that, like some of them uh, could be there this week and not there the next. Mm. So let's say you're talking about seniors or you're in a hospital setting, hospice setting, even in shelters and prison. I remember if I I was in a girl's home and it was just a shelter, right? Uh, um, I had to, even hospital, I find myself saying at the end, you did great today. And if I don't see you next week, mm. I think it will be great. But if I do see you, we practice again. Because if I don't see them, uh, it could mean that they have uh, been discharged from hospital. And for the shelter, they have found a new home or they are safe to go back to their homes. Um, and for the hospice setting, 
they would have passed on. And mm. to me, I have to, I have to, you have to be mentally prepared right. that you cannot be attached to the students and you're not there to uh, cure their body or heal their body, whatnot. You're there to give them the peace of mind. Right. Just that whole space. Mm. Mm. And to let them enjoy that calm moment. And uh, th- all these things, it's not difficult to understand, mm. but you need some time to digest it. Yeah. If I uh, am inviting any of my volunteers to such settings, I will always brief them first. I'll tell them this is what to expect to give them the reality of it. It's not all just like, oh, I'm doing karma yoga. It's mm. going to be amazing. It's just children smiling at me, you know, giving me flowers. Mm, sorry. It's not, it's, it's not glamorous. Yeah, it's not glamorous. Just, it's not glamorous. In fact, it's quite, uh, you need to handle your own emotions. Yeah, you got to be strong. Mm, you can't you're gonna be go strong. there and like, oh no, this guy is so poor thing. Uh, mm. They start crying like, what the fuck? Like, it, it's, <laughs> You're supposed, to, yeah. It's a different kind of like. Mm, mm, hmm. mm. And at the same time, if you're going to even in the, uh, just I just keep sharing this stories in the girls' home, right? Teenage mm. homes. They will get into. Uh, they will have meltdowns. They start throwing chairs at each other, and then the place will be like on a mini lockdown, and then you just have to stay still because they could potentially hurt you. Mm. Um, and no matter how sweet they are, they ask you for favors, ask for your Ooh, number, ask for money. True. Then you also need to know where your boundary is. Interesting. Mm. And there were cases where a girl, we were practicing and then uh, just, uh, uh, she's maybe 11 or 12. And then she says, oh, Miss Wendy, this week I'm not doing your class. I have a doctor's appointment. Yeah, I'm pregnant. Wow. 11 years old. Ah. Uh, uh, that's what they told me. Okay. But truth, she did go for an appointment and after that, she was excused from all uh, physical uh, okay. classes, right? But whatever their story is, uh, we have to... Oh, shit, you can't be judgmental about it. You, we have to can't... just see them as they yeah. are on the mat in the yoga space. The way we see our members and uh, students, they come. We don't know what job they have. We don't right, know what's right. their background, what their personality is. So we should have that same uh, mindset right, right. when we are volunteering. Um, because if you're not prepared for it, we could be overly enthusiastic. You want to reach out and help them oh, so much true, that you don't to. you don't draw your boundaries. Quite interesting, yeah. right? If you think about it, um, volunteering karma yoga comes in different forms and different settings. Uh, we need to do it with skill, huh? Everything has to with be tact, done with, with tact, with, a bit of with like awareness, finesse. <laughs> uh, so I am not surprised. Also. For a non-profit, I have had many people step up to volunteer to help me out. I'm always grateful. I'm very grateful. And if they can only volunteer, they tell me, I, I have no work this month. My new job starts in a month. I can only help this month. It's okay. I can only help once a month. It's fine. I can come in every quarter. Maybe if you have a quarterly event, I'll come every three months. It's okay. Then the other spectrum will be people who maybe freelancers and time is good, easy for them to arrange. They say, like, I can do weekly. Sure. Send me somewhere, commit weekly. They'll be like, sure. But if they don't need you weekly, no offense mm. or so. It's not that they don't like you. Yeah. They have other programs too. They have, you know, huge spectrum. When you were telling me, you're thinking, ah, oh, which setting uh, is it suitable for you to volunteer? You never know. Mm. 
we are working in a very much like word of mouth mm. uh, uh, in terms of connecting with partners. So I never know who comes in asking us to create yoga classes, yoga program for them. But on hand, I know people who have already said, if something is suitable, I'm ready for it. Mm. And if people don't step up, that's fine. I don't go and like, push them, especially my students, right? Tell them, oh, you must fulfill how many hours of community service. Ah, don't have to. Yeah. yeah. If it's the right time to do it, uh, it will happen. It, the, the, the sensitivity of this, it's like, you can't push people. You can't be like, oh, uh, we can only uh, accept you if you can, you can go commit like twice a month or something. It, it shuts people out because of that. And yoga circle this thing that you've created it's it's like it's very I wouldn't say informal it's not informal it's a formal establishment but it's a very like like the the, the nature of it is it ha- it requires it forces you to be flexible in that nature yes, in that very sense. organic yeah it, organic yes mm. and like you have to like come in with an open mind an open heart come in and just see like okay can I do this can you really do this or uh, how much how how what what's your availability can you commit to this yeah. no no pressure mm. no contract no nothing mm. just like out of your own goodwill like, just come and just do the thing because you have a you have a a a a, a, a thing that you want to share you have a gift that you want to whatever or you just want to reach out to people whatever reason you want to give back you, you feel like it's just a thing that you want to do when people do good things it's not like oh why 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 should I do this good thing you just want to do it what? you don't yes. calculate like mm, okay if I go and uh, volunteer at the thing do what, I get what, a badge what, what, I get, yeah, what, was, what will I add to my resume mm. nobody does that so it's more of like oh I'm free um, I, I have time I have this skill I want to do something what can I do where can I go I have no contacts with hospitals or, or girls home boys home Okay, like, I just I just wasted. I just I'm free, but then whatever. I like, just just not do anything. But then now, there's this like there's an outlet. People Google like oh volunteer and then yoga and then yoga circles pops up, and then it's something like okay what's this? They click oh it's a legit thing. Uh, they have they they do they provide accessible yoga, blah blah. Hey hey, hey Wendy um I'm my name is blah blah I'm free yeah, blah blah yeah. and and easy just like that. Yes yes. And even in the, the we, we have a program called Pay What You Wish Yoga. It's actually a project I've been running for a few years already informally with uh, some uh, instructor friends, right? When they first started out, gee, they, they're, they're looking for a place to teach. We want to give back, but they're all fresh. So uh, it's more like I just tested out mm. people by donation-based uh, kind of class. And I was sponsoring the, the studio rental for a while. So even that is accessible yoga bringing yoga to people who might otherwise feel intimidated in a big studio where people are all regular right. members or they are feeling that, oh, uh, will they pressurize me to buy a package? Ah. Um, I'm only like in my basketball shorts and mm. you know, thing, you know, like simple thing, can I still go and do yoga? These people all have proper yoga like wear. Right, right. So, um, pay what you wish is one of our projects and just Letting people know there is such a thing or uh, just letting us know if you want to help out, assist uh, in any way mm. and just telling people about uh, accessible yoga or yoga that is inclusive 
about yoga circle in general, you're already helping out. You're already part of the circle. Eey. Like right now, without you knowing, you are a volunteer. So I'm called. in the circle. In the circle. <laughs> you're in the circle. Everyone can be. Um, yeah, it could be a good start because we just need more people to talk about it. We need good conversations, people to think about it. Mm. Um, not only when it comes to yoga and inclusive yoga, in general, I think, uh, inclusive, an inclusive society, you know, in Asia, in Singapore, we don't really see these uh, underserved, underprivileged groups. We kind of like, uh, they are hiding, you know, the, it's not, is that a bad way to call them like the, it, they say the underbelly of, of society kind of thing, of, right? There's not a limelight shed on, on what's going on with these people. Uh. Recently, it has uh, started to uh, get better. There were very good campaigns to tell mm. people. And uh, so I feel that yoga can be a good way as well. So yoga practitioners, yoga teachers start to notice that, oh, okay, yoga can also be a way for us to give back. And it's not for us only to like specifically yoga give you. You must join me, do yoga, be a yogi. Not that. Instead of us going in to volunteer either to donate money or donate your time to clean their houses, run errands, we can go in and share yoga. Mm. And that's volunteerism, right? Not, uh, mm. not having any expectation that you're going in as a yoga person, right. trying to educate them on yoga. No, not that. You're there to volunteer your time. Mm. You're there to volunteer to serve them. And what you have as a skill set is yoga. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I choose to think of it that way because um, then we, we will be able to remember our intention. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not about, okay, how many people have I managed to, right, you know, yeah. fully educate, teach them sun salutation perfectly, chair sun salutation in this way. And then you have these big ideas of what you want to achieve. It's not that. It's as simple as do you want to spend some time with people who could, you know, benefit from some love, mm. some attention. Yeah. And if you're not, I know musician friends who, who are singers who, who volunteer through performances right, and singing right. with them, right? That is their dharma, right? Yeah, yeah, they are yeah. musicians, they're performers. People who go in to do art therapy, cooking, yeah. gardening, baking. I do none of those, by the way, but I do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so I step okay, in yeah. and like, you know, I do yoga. Mm. I would like to share yoga and spend time with your community and then uh, give back to you and hopefully the joy that I find in yoga they find some joy mm. in that too I think that's pretty simple yeah yeah pretty straightforward uh, anyone if you have the heart to do it and you want to explore it just come to me <laughs> think <sighs> okay, about it okay. and most importantly um, do tell your friends about it right. and to right now I can address the listeners right yeah on this podcast yeah I guess you are listening because you are connected to uh, you know the conversations good conversations we've had as a yoga community uh, Aaron asks good questions hey. <laughs> brings us to really good reflections so if today's topic like this idea of inclusivity accessible yoga volunteerism in yoga karma yoga if you are curious, it sparked your interest in any way, read up on it, find out about it. And we have a small community that's growing, Yoga Circle. Just drop us a line and then find out what we do. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but somewhere. Maybe we can uh, be uh, part of the same project somewhere or share some good vibes or ideas. 
yeah, we, we need that. We need that, I think, in the yoga community before everybody gets too disconnected. Right. Like, oh, you are from this part of Singapore in this studio. You are that community. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, you are from that one, you know, east side, west side, uh, or like, you know, different kind the of... tribes like, are, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to build your own cozy community, but... Don't forget the... Don't forget the, 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 yeah. the, the bigger connection there uh, that we can do quite a lot of good good things yeah. if we come together. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, quite quite interesting la, that in the end I started this non-profit this year. Mm. This year was full of surprises. And to, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yeah, full of surprises. So, hmm. Uh, okay, okay. <sighs> um, well, we can wrap it up. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice note to end things on. Do you have any final thoughts? Final... Anything else to share? Mm, just again an invitation to all the yogis out there or friends of Aaron out there hey. friends of me Hi. listening to this podcast um, yeah if you have an idea uh, and you think that you can uh, play a little part yeah. or just uh, share drop a message tell me uh, that you're interested or what you think about this uh, yoga circle check us out on our website uh, yogacircle.sg uh, our Instagram yogacircle.sg our handle and Facebook also Yoga Circle SG okay SG because our projects at the moment is a lot focusing on the local community since we're all here might as well make use of our time and uh, energy here no one is flying out that much anyway (laughs) so let's turn inwards to our local community Uh, and uh, of course um, maybe in the future there could be Yoga Circle in different countries mm. we can inspire people they can do their own thing but uh, just like how pay what you wish was inspired by pay what you wish Hong Kong mm. my friend who ran it there okay. then I started it here maybe it, this is just the start right, this is just right. the beginning yeah and just just uh, I just thought of something if you do check out Yoga Circle uh, we had this logo right it was designed by a friend of mine our color is yellow so yellow is the color of the uh, I would say the sun and also uh, solar plexus, right? Yeah, the yeah, the yeah. chakra. And solar plexus, the yellow uh, chakra, is a lot about taking action, uh, about fire, about passion. Yeah. Hence, I thought of that. I mean, it came in. And if you look at my logo, uh, maybe uh, I can see. You have an idea. So it's a circle, but not a circle. <laughs> I was a little bit like, yeah. Yes, yes, it's like yes. A it's like a mandala. It's like it? a mandala. But if you go, I was zooming into the design and it's made of little blocks and yeah. they're not exactly blocks and they're all a little bit odd in the corners, uh, you know. Then, uh, of course, my designer didn't uh, give me all of these concepts. Right. She designed it aesthetically uh, based on the idea I gave her. I want a circle. I want the color. But when she came up with this, it took me a day. At first, I felt that, hmm, I don't know. It doesn't look like a perfect circle. But then I embraced it. It looks like a, for the listeners, it looks like a circle with squares around it, but it's like forming like a sun. Mm. It's like sunflower. Yeah, and even the squares are not actual perfect yeah, It's like a hexagon. <laughs> I don't know. But it looks nice, eh? It looks like a sun. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I started at, after one night of thinking about it, whether should I accept this or reject it or take another one. I thought, 
this is exactly what yoga circle is actually. We are not out to fit into a perfect circle or even form anything perfect. And we all have our weird ass corners. We all come in different shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't expect you to, to fall in perfect line and perfect sync with everything and everyone in this community. But we can still be a circle. A circle is the most organic shape of all the shapes and it can be a circle a small circle a big circle but it'll still be a circle a square and the circle keeps going yeah and the square or rectangles they have to be of a certain every side the length and the breadth must be a certain sign, mm, size mm, to be mm. that shape but the circle doesn't have to yeah that's what I believe in mm. so uh, thanks to my, my designer who gave me this shape and I uh, started to see this aspect and I used that logo to explain you know what I feel yoga circle can be that it doesn't matter where you're from. Mm. And this is, uh, I run my own studio. I have my own community, but that's Yoga Seats. That's my school. Yoga Circle is bigger. Mm-hmm. Yoga Circle will be open to anyone who is willing to come in, uh, be it yoga teachers, yoga practitioners, or partners who are looking to bring yoga to, to uh, their community. And in this way, we are properly, you know, a non-profit. So um, studios, yoga studios, uh, it is a little bit odd for some people to think of coming to, you know, do a, a charity work with me because basically they see me as Yoga Seeds, right? The brand. Seat, yeah. uh, so other yoga studios may not see why should I work with Wendy? From a business point of view, okay, yeah. yeah but, but from a yoga point of view, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that I have Yoga Circle, which is a very clear, non-profit uh, driven kind of uh, mission and project, um, I implore all uh, yoga studios, yoga teachers um, to maybe just check it out and see what could happen from there. Yoga Circle, um, collab with whoever, wherever, um, and taking it beyond just you know the, the commercial setup and uh, making things, I don't know, more like a community, more mm. organic, and we, we can grow this circle. <laughs> just putting it out there. <laughs> I feel like a lot of things have been bestowed upon you, Wendy, in a very, in a in a in a karmic way. Like like your your journey with meditation, yoga, even finding yoga circle, even the logo itself, like the, here, and then like, mm, but then wait a minute, it's yeah. like it's meant to be uh, this kind of thing. Mm. So it's very interesting, and and uh, just just keep whatever it is, just keep doing what you're doing because you seem like you're on this right path things are just like opportunities are opening up for you uh yeah i'll do what i can yeah. and let things unfold yeah yeah, yeah. just let, let the universe bring you know whatever it's meant to happen okay we'll welcome it just like today i'm here on this yeah. podcast thanks for having and me last week we were just <laughs> hanging out and then like here we are yeah yeah okay, thanks okay. for inviting me thanks for doing this with me mm, thank you. um how can people see so there's yoga circle sg on ig there is Yoga Seeds on IG. And there's also your... Uh, yes, my personal uh, IG, when, W-E-N, yoga, when yoga. Hmm. So I share more of my personal stuff there. Sometimes I share my meditation stuff because we don't really do meditation in Yoga Seeds, Shala for program. But I'm on Insight Timer. Yes. yes, Insight Timer app. So check out my teacher profile in Insight Timer app. I do a live stream on the app every Monday, 10 p.m. So if you want to check it out, just go through the app. Um, find my profile uh, you should be able to find my live event 
I put it at 10 p.m. It's bedtime for us, uh, but I have students from all over the world. So uh, some of them, uh, it's like 7 a.m. for them, some in the afternoon. So 10 p.m. seems like an inclusive timing. Mm, <laughs> Everybody gets theme, that yeah. moment, a moment of mindfulness, I call it. So yeah, Insight Timer or follow me on uh, IG, When Yoga. Um, yeah. The inside timer is the same when yoga also. I just Wendy Chan. Oh, Wendy Look Chan. for me as a teacher. Search uh, by my name. Okay. Uh, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for chatting with me. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I think that's it. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, everyone listening. Thank you. And we're done. Thank you for listening. Everyone deserves access to the practice and the benefits of yoga. And Yoga Circle aims to create a yoga community that embraces that kind of diversity and inclusivity so that everybody, regardless of their background or physical ability, can all still benefit from the practice. And in the real world, there's no such thing as a perfect yoga body because yoga is for everybody and everybody is a yoga body. Hey. <laughs> uh, sounds corny. It sounds corny when I say it. Uh, I take it back. But I mean it. I mean, it still makes sense. Um, it's uh, it's common to think that inclusion is something that has to do with integrating others into our space, but instead, it starts from ourselves and our own level of awareness, our own level of openness and understanding of the subject. And the good news is that improvement in that way is easy because the improvement starts with us. So all we need to do is work on ourselves and then it'll, it'll be easier to be sensitive to others and to be more natural operating in that inclusive way to start, if I'm making any sense. Um, so if, that's, if, if there's one thing to take away from this episode today, let it be that, let it be that... Um, Yoga Circle is a thing that exists. It's something that can benefit the the Singapore yoga community as well as the people um, who who need it who can't access it because of whatever reason. So if you are a yoga teacher who is interested in taking on this thing, um, reach out to Wendy. If you are a I don't know a social worker or someone in the healthcare or medical or whatever, like if you're in touch with these these people and you want to bring yoga to them and you don't know where to start, again, Yoga Circle is where to reach out to. So um, hopefully this podcast spreads some awareness about it. And I thank you for listening to this episode, whoever you are. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy listen, listening to my guests and I love sharing their stories. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, share it with your friends, repost this on IG, tag me, tag Mostly Yoga Podcast, I'll repost it, and you can also support the podcast again by donating to the coffee page. All the links in the description below, as well as all of Wendy's uh, Instagram stuff. So let me know if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, say hi, say hi to her, pop by the studio if you want to say hi as well, I'll say hi back. Uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening, have a great day, great week, great month. 
see you next time okay bye